up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Rap and Wrestle podcast. You guys know me. My name is Derek. You can follow Rap and Wrestle on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Rap and Wrestle. Make sure you subscribe and check us out on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get all your streaming needs. Today, very special day. Got one third of the jobber tiers here. Um, a man who's very inspirational in the podcasting world, whether he knows it or not. Ladies, control yourself. There's about to be a lot of handsomeness going on on the screen right now. We got the one and only Sir Wilkins. What's up with you, bro? What's good, bro? Thank you for having me. I, I'm honored to be on this. This is, this is an amazing, amazing opportunity. Thank you so much for having me on this. Yeah, definitely, bro. Um, you know, uh, I definitely, I don't say those words lightly, man, when I tell you, you know, how you guys are actually like a true inspiration especially when it comes to, you know, the, the black podcasting community as well. Um, I told, uh, I told Mr. Black this story. Uh, we did a group podcast uh, thing for uh, black history month. And I told him, you know, I was doing a podcast and then, um, you know, I, I didn't feel like I was like kind of being true to myself. And then I stumbled upon the job materials podcast page. And then I was just like, yo, look at these three, like they just being real. This is like me just chilling. And so you guys like motivated me to like do this solo project by myself, the Rap and Wrestle podcast. So definitely. So I'm, I'm going to start there. What My first question is going to be, how does it feel like being like, you know, a role model for, you know, others in the black podcasting community and, you know, setting that example for all of us? Um, honestly speaking, I don't see myself that way. And we don't, we, um, the other teammates don't. Um, we never, we just don't see it, but my, my girlfriend tells me all the time, she's in the wrestling community, heavy, mm -hmm. and she tells me all the time, but it, it's an honor, obviously, it's an honor, and I, I don't even really know what to say, I'll be honest with you, it's just like, it's just like I just want to make sure that we set a, a right example, but also I want everybody to have a voice out here in this community because everybody got something great to say. We may not all agree with each other, mm -hmm. but there's not too many of us out there. Thanks. So let's support each other. Let, let's lift each other up. Even if we don't, we're not like only on this podcast, but a retweet, a post, a, a like, just, or even a listen is always good. Let's all support each other because even though sometimes I feel like the black wrestling community is so big and everything, it really is small as fuck. Mm -hmm. When on the when you look at it from the bigger spectrum, like there's, I always a part of like, oh, there's a ton of black podcasts, but then when you look at all the black, the black, the, I mean, the, all the wrestling podcasts, a mm -hmm. very few are hosted by black individuals. Yeah, and where where the black individual is the main host of it. Mm -hmm. sometimes you may like you know you have them as like kind of not the sidekick but like the the second mic third mic like for instance that guy greg has a has a podcast on the ringer now Cass yeah. is on they're pretty good actually but he's like the he's like helping out stag guy not, not stag guy greg, i'm sorry um the the mask i forget his name but he, the, the ringer got a show yeah they got something going on stat guy greg is Peter Rosenberg's like guy, but it's Got Peter you. Rosenberg's podcast. But I love seeing that me and you, we're hosting podcasts. Mm -hmm. 
and we look like this. <laughs> yeah, facts. yeah, and it's it's a beautiful thing. It's it's just dope to me, and and I appreciate the fact that people look up to us. But I, at the end of the day, I just I just feel like we're just some regular podcast just trying to chuck it and jive and try to make it to the top. So. Yeah, nah, nah. Yeah, you you guys, you guys. I think the thing with you guys is that you know you guys are a symbol of doing something you love and staying true to yourself. So yeah. that's one of the things. So like with you guys and also with uh, Dirty Hills, I love you guys because I'm like, Dirty Hills are like the, as real as it gets. They just they 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 do whatever they want. They they this is how they feel. They talk however they want. I love it, and I think that's how we should be because you know what I mean when we come up, you know, growing up in you know urban areas. That's how pe people talk the way we talk on our, our shows. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's no filter or anything. And, you know, it also it shows, uh, you know, that kid that's growing up like, hey, you know, I could do this too. You know what I mean? It, that representation matters. That's what they say. It, it, it matters so much, especially coming with this. Like, WrestleMania is black as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the reason why I love it is because there's some little kid out there that's going to watch WrestleMania and be like, I can do this too. Yeah. And it's going to inspire things. And, and like hearing when people hear us, hear, hear you, hear Dirty Hills, hear Dead Ass Girls, hear mm -hmm. those wrestling girls, hear Backstage Brawl, like they go, yo, these are, these are, these are the homies talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can, yo. You know what? I just talk about old shit, but and it makes the community so much healthier. Yeah, it's like why people be like, "Yo, AEW is this." I'm not a huge fan of AEW, but having AEW around as a major company makes the wrestling community healthier because it's more options, more perspectives on it. You may not agree with their perspective 100, percent but it's a different perspective and a different look at the same exact thing that we all share and love. Facts, definitely. Yeah, um, you know, for for you guys too, uh, you know, let's kind of rewind for people who don't know. Um, you know, you, Mr. Black, Janelle from HR. <laughs> how did you? How did you guys get together and decide like, hey, let's start the Java Tears podcast? So, funny story is, I was working with another brand um, for a while. And I don't know if you know this, but I do pay-per-view viewing parties. Yeah, yep. So, like, if, for people who are listening or watching, um, basically, I took it, I I basically do WWE or AEW pay-per-view viewing parties, kind of like when some people go to a Super Bowl party at a bar. Yep. So I've been doing it for nine years. Um, I started on my own. Another, like, Facebook group was like, yo, hey, can I partner with you? I got a decent following on Facebook group. Let's let's work together. So me and homie, we're, we're 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 cool now. We had like a, some disagreements later on down the line. We're working together. I'm helping him build this the brand that that Facebook group brand. And he had came to me. He was like, "Yo, we need more for this group, this brand that that we're trying to grow together." And I was like, and I started thinking. I was like, "We need content," but I, I couldn't put put my finger on exactly what the content was. So. About a couple months after he told me that, my homeboy I used to work with at, at, a, at a retail shop, he hits me up. He's like, yo, I got a podcast. You want to be a guest? I know you like wrestling. I was like, yeah. 
So I come on, I invite my homeboy, who's like a photographer. I was like, yo, I need some, I need some content because I've been told I need content for my Instagram. Can you come through, take some videos, take some pictures of me on this podcast? He's like, yeah, I got you. I was like, I can't pay you. I don't got money like that at the time, but I'll buy you lunch. He was like, I'm always hungry, so you good. <laughs> so after we did the podcast, I grabbed lunch with him. And he kept, he kept nagging me. He's like, yo, you did a good job on that podcast. Let's do our own. I was like, I don't got time for that shit. Like, I'm busy with other shit. He's like, nah, you should really do it. I got some equipment at home. We, we could we could find like little spots in the city. There's company something called Breathers we can go to and we can do a podcast. And I was like, maybe I'll think about it. And this is before you before you had like anchor, you had all the easy ways of like, you know, mm-hmm. distributing podcasts and like really recording podcasts. So I, I leave, I, I head I head out, and then the next day I'm at the gym and I'm watching first take. It's on the TV screen. I was like, yo, I got an idea. So the whole concept of the show was before, I was like, there's no like debate shows for wrestling type of shit. So, and it's that barbershop talk that I know of. Because I I was listening at the time, I was listening to Sam Roberts' podcast, Rosenberg's podcast, and I was listening to Brilliant Idiots. I don't know if you ever heard of them with Charlamagne the God and um, Joe Budden's podcast. But none of them were like debate style. It was just people just, you know, just talking. Or they didn't have a format. So I came to my old business partner. I was like, yo, let's do a podcast. He was like, I don't know. I don't really want to be on camera. And I, I study shit. So I saw what Joe Buttons did. I saw what Charlemagne did. And I was like, this is how they're successful. I'm going to take that formula and put it to what I'm doing already. So I was like, now nah, I already know what we got to do to, to, to promote. And everything and my boy his name is leo he got camera stuff he got recorders we're good and he was like i don't know i don't know so then i started looking for like a female host to kind of like be the be like on it because you only need that female perspective on it right. so um i had i wanted janelle on originally but i was like janelle might just be too busy i mean janelle are best friends yeah. so i didn't ask her so i put a facebook post out Hey, I'm looking for a female that's that would that we're interested in doing a podcast. Janelle doesn't hit me up. Our mutual friend hits him. Was like, yo, why don't you just put Janelle on? <laughs> and I was like, oh, let me hit her up. So I hit her up. She was like, yeah, I was waiting for you to ask me, but I didn't want to be that person. So, yeah, exactly. So she ends up jumping on, and we start doing the podcast with the other dude. And there was one one episode he he wasn't in town. I think this is God, God's plan of working shit. So he wasn't in town. He's like, you'll find somebody else to, to like, you know, be a guest on there. So I got my brother on there. Mm-hmm. And Janelle was like, um, I think they call it Mike One. Like she was the main host on that episode. And me and my brother were debating each other. And it instantly clicked. It was like phenomenal chemistry. Me and my brother never talk about wrestling. But as soon as we sat there, we started talking. Janelle was this is the first time Janelle meeting my brother. The chemistry was just perfect. So in the back of my head, I was like, yo, that shit worked out well. And then mm-hmm. me and homeboy had like, like legit creative differences on what we wanted. So it didn't work. And he was just like, yo, you whatever. So I wanted to still continue it. 
So I called my brother. I was like, yo, let's do this shit. Me, you, and Janelle. So I hit up the camera guy, Leo, and we all four of us was like, yo, we're going to do a new show. So we sat in, at um, Legends Bar in New York City, and we ran through different types of names to call the podcast. Mm-hmm. At the time, I was like, yo, everything is fucking taken. <laughs> like, every cool name is like, t- like, yo, what the, is there that many wrestling podcasts out there? And there was, but there yep. were majority, like, you know, people that don't look, don't look like us. So mm-hmm. we're going through names, we're going through names. And there was this dude that, that used to come to the bar t- to our events. He used to um, start, he used to troll online. And then his, his like tagline was like, I got a cup of tears of all, of all these people complaining about shit. And Janelle mentioned that. And I was like, yo, why don't we call it, cause job or tears. And we all were like, that works. And, and then in my head, the reason why I said that, I was like, None of us are superstars. We're kind of like jobbers. We're not even mid-card guys. And we are complaining. So jobber tears. And mm-hmm. that was like, we did a pilot episode to see how it would work. And we did our first episode three years ago in January. And that's how we started. That's, wow. that's, that's the start of it. Wow, that's a that's a, a very interesting story for sure. Damn, so you guys, you've only been doing this for three years, then? Yeah. Wow. We're we're, we're on the we're almost up to officially our 150 episodes soon, and um, but when we started, I had a I planned it out marketing wise, like how we're gonna promote it. I used to be I used to be a night night club promoter. Yeah like back in the day. So I kind of was a little keen to like online promotions, online things and how to maneuver things. So we, I was real strategic on how I was going to roll it out. I was like, we're going to do a month of us just talking about it on our social media and pushing it out and try to build up a little bit of a following. Cause we each had like people we knew, but we wanted to all bring them all to the, the job or tears page. Yeah. So yeah. we worked on that and it's been three years. Like, We've had solid, I, I won't complain, we have solid numbers for being new, but then, but then also being a, not like a big time podcast, like, you know, the, like on big time, like platforms with just this, this little, little engine that, that could. And we've been building up a, a, a small following and everything. Like if COVID didn't happen last year, we, we, we had some mega plans last year. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but yeah. No, I, I know you guys were working on a, a lot of things that were uh, coming up and, uh, you know, COVID kind of shut those things down for you. I know that. Yeah, yeah. We were going to, um, we had, we, was, we, we were going to do like our first wrestling show. Yeah, right. Yep. You guys are, is yours. Yeah. With, uh, we working with Joe Kim? Is that what you yeah, guys working with? Yeah, working with Joe Kim from Battle Club. Yeah. We're going to do our first wrestling show. That we're, we're partnering. We're, it's still going to happen this year. We're, we're actually working on the card right now as we speak. Nice. But we, we, the main event was going to be Tasha Steele versus Swole. That was, wow. that was the main event. We, 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 it was booked and everything. Crazy. Like officially booked. And I was a, and I was had the wheels turning on how we we're going to do it. And I was supposed to go, I was supposed to have a match against Simon Miller from WAP Culture. Mm-hmm. This is going to be your first match, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. It was a look into Randy Orton as being humble and so, like, grateful for the business. Yeah. It's one of the greatest things I've seen. And I'm like, damn, Randy? So, okay, cool. But to answer, the, go back to your question, like, yeah, it started, like, real young. Been watching it for, like, a minute. Like, a minute. Like, I go back to some Attitude Era-like stuff or when early Raws. I was like, yo, I remember, like, what I was doing there. I was, like, playing with these turtle cars and watching fucking mm-hmm. um, – the Rock <laughs> joined the Nation of Domination. And I had a sneak to watch it. And I remember when I, watching like old Attitude Era stuff and uh, Brian Panties match. And I was being, it was so uncomfortable because my mom is sitting right there. Uh-huh. And, my, yep. and her um, boyfriend at the time was there. I was like, yo, this is mad uncomfortable. Like they are so fucking hot. And I'm getting a somewhat of a hard on right now. My little perverted ass, and my mom is sitting right behind me on the couch. Wow, this is uncomfortable. It's so cool. <laughs> that was good. That was good. That was good times, man. I tell you, I'm I'm the same way, bro. I was, I was born in '86, so that was my peak time too. And you know, I always think like the Attitude Era for me personally was like the best era in wrestling. I just I loved it so much, and um, you know, it just it changed the business, and it became like such a household thing at that that time. Um, I kind of I kind of had that same thing as you though. It was like at one point I decided like wrestling wasn't doing it for me no more. I don't know. And I took a break from watching wrestling. For you, were there any reasons like behind why you stopped watching it for those those two years you said? It, it was I think it was maybe even longer than that. I don't remember the exact time, but the biggest thing was life. Mm-hmm. life just happened like at the time social media wasn't a thing like right now you cannot watch a raw and still know what's going on because of social media Thanks. so at the time it was just like this time like it, it, it i talk about this time because it was like i'm in college i got my own apartment mm-hmm. in fucking Manhattan on like in Spanish Harlem. I just started nightclub promoting. I wasn't thinking about it. It was just not, it was not a thought. Like I was doing so much, but I was also mm-hmm. like just living my life at the time. And I just, it just kind of like slipped out of like, you know, cause you had to be home at 9 PM to watch it. There wasn't <laughs> no Hulu, there wasn't nothing. And at the time I didn't even have cable because I was like, it's, I don't like spending the money for it. So that was, that's mainly the reason why it was just like, just made me not watch it. And then I started watching again. And it's crazy how the universe and God works. It's just that once I started like kind of getting back into it, that's when I had a moment where I found like, I was like, I want to do the viewing parts mm-hmm. because I was interning for, I was, I was interning for a nightclub promotion or nightclub company. And then, um, the, the, the managers of the company were just like, yo, go ahead, do, do your thing. We'll, we'll break you off something if, if it goes well, and that's it. And then it just all worked out. But yeah, it was just because, that go back to your question, just I, life, it's really yeah. life. And it, was, it wasn't convenient as it is now. Definitely. I, I definitely can understand that. I, th- I feel like that's part of the same reason for me. And I don't know, at that time, it, it's just, I don't know, I don't want to say it, it 
it I kind of felt like it wasn't really that great either. You know what I mean? During that time period, what time, kind of like what, what you said, like before it? that. This is like this is like that that before, like you said, like before that, like ruthless attitude, uh, ruthless aggression era type. I don't know. I just I wasn't I wasn't really enjoying wrestling at that time, mm-hmm. and it was just like it. I just I was like I just I just stopped watching. And it was like at that time, you know, too, wrestling was like one of those things where not too many people talked about being wrestling fans. It was kind of like one of those one of those things you hit that from people. You didn't tell people like, yo, I watch wrestling 18 years old. Yeah, I watch wrestling. People would be like, yo, you know, it's fake, right? It's like, yeah, no, it's fucking fake. Everybody knows it's fake. It's like all the movies you're watching is fake. But it's like, I don't know. It's just one of those things. And as you know, we got to get, uh, you know, more evolved. Now you can see like there's millions of people who like wrestling just like you no matter what age you are you know what i mean we could talk me and you talking right now about wrestling you know what i mean there's there's at that time you couldn't do that with people you know what's funny you, you mentioned the fake thing and i hate saying it or like it's predetermined whatever i remember uh-huh. do you remember that special that that aired on fox 5 that was showing you all the behind the scenes stuff of wrestling do you ever remember that one i remember that Bro, I'm going to tell you this right now. Shit broke my heart. <laughs> and I was in denial the entire time. I was like, well, they cut themselves, but I made up some random thing in my head. Like, they, they still got to get hit to get cut. So they're really not cutting them. Like, I was making up shit in my head. Like, like this. no, this is all lies. Like, it, I forced myself to, like, not believe it. And then, you know, now I'm old, I understand it. And I understand that it's a, um, it's still sports, but it's sports entertainment and they do what they do. But even sometimes, like, for me, especially now that I train, I, a part of me feels that it is real. Like, yeah. because regardless, you are hitting a mat, you are taking a move, you're taking it in the most safest way possible. But today, I think, no, no, that last week we were doing, um, we were taking suplexes. That shit, that shit doesn't feel good. <laughs> yes. Yes. It doesn't feel good, but yeah. I get the the predetermined part. You know who's gonna win and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. It still still doesn't take away from the athleticism and yeah. you know the skill you gotta have to to do it for sure. Um, I'll ask you this, this since we kind of talked about that. What was like? I would say your your biggest heartbreak in wrestling. What what would you say that was for you? I know it's like a <laughs> tough question. <laughs> Like legit, I felt hurt. Um, this is gonna sound really lame, and I'm gonna be keeping a buck though. The way Kofi lost his title, the way he lost that his title, shit yeah. was like, this is what we're doing, mm-hmm. and, and and you know, I I'm always so when, when I do the podcast and I talk to my um. My co-host and my, my, which is my brother and Janelle, I understand the business side of things of why they do it. But I was emotionally invested in Kofi because it was such a beautiful thing. Like when he won, I remember I was at the bar that we did the event for, and motherfuckers were crying. Yeah, and I know people was like, "Well, his run wasn't that great," and people, you know, saying things about him not being like a big dude, like he didn't look like he was like a champ champ, but it was like, this was our guy. Yeah. This was our guy 
And we all know he's going to lose to Brock. But I didn't expect him to lose that way. Yeah, totally yeah. agree. I totally that agree. Was one of the, that was one of my um, heartbreaks. But I think a close second, very close, is when Roman made his announcement about him having cancer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was tough. That one was just like, what? Shit. I, I, I don't think, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. Earlier wrestling never really broke my heart. Mm-hmm. It either made me fully invested, like I wanted to see what was next. I felt bad for the person, but I wasn't like, you know, like, like invest. Maybe because I was not as emotional when I was younger. You know, you kind of grow older, you kind of understand your feelings a lot better. But those two moments, though, were like, and they're, they're so recent. It's just like, those hit home for me. Especially that Roman one was like, yo, when he said, my name is Joe. I was like, oh, this is serious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, facts. Facts. No, that yeah, that that was a that was a crazy one. I'm glad he, you know what I mean, pulled through that for sure. The one the thing with, with Kofi, um, you know, that it kind of like bothered me as well is that we know that Kofi and Brock could have had an amazing match together. So it's like, why why couldn't you just let that happen? You you built up this whole thing with Kofi where he overcame all these odds. He had all these great matches and all these things that he did. But when it came to Brock, it was just like nothing. You, you just took it all away like it was nothing. Literally, 10-second match, which was crazy to me. I, I really didn't understand it. That's one of those things. I was probably more mad than heartbroken, I would say. I, I just didn't – I really didn't understand it. I really didn't understand it. Neither, neither did I, but, you know, the, you know they got to make the top dollar look, look super fucking strong. But Definitely. You know, you know, well, you know, moving on then, let's let's talk about, you know, from that time you say you started watching wrestling to, to where we are today. Like, what are your thoughts on uh, Black representation in, in wrestling in general today? How do you feel about it? So, I think it's amazing. I think we're at a much better place when I first started watching wrestling. What's funny I'm a WWE guy, like, heavy. And I watch New Japan sometimes. Uh, I watch AEW Weekly. But Attitude Era had a lot of colored people on it, people of color on it. Like, in that peak time. Now, a lot of them weren't in the main title picture. There were more mid-cards to lower. But there was a lot of people. But now I'm seeing more people of color as, like, real contenders. That's the major difference I'm seeing between earlier when I was watching wrestling to now is like they're major contenders. And there's so many different forms. My brother, my brother talks about it all the time on the podcast is so many different forms of black that we're seeing. You have the New Day being this, you know, the gamers, anime lovers, which is rampant in the black community. You got mm-hmm. hurt business, business type dudes, suited suited and booted different type of black you have um uh apollo what the his little gaming that he's on some people are, are not with it some people are for it but it's still a different type of there's an immigrant black that's in america let's not forget yeah. that so yeah. we're seeing that and you go to other shows you're seeing um sunny kiss you're seeing nyla rose you're seeing um private party 
you see in Scorpio signs like different forms of black is not the same stereotype that, that we always mm -hmm. see. And, and it's like, and now, and they're also contenders. Like Chris Bay is doing his thing. You got Rich Swan doing his thing. Rich Swan and Moose put on a fucking, they tore the house down in their last match against each other. Yep. So, yep. so we're, we're seeing different forms of African-Americans, blacks, whatever, doing different, do, doing, doing their thing differently. And also, I say this all the time, is that it's going to sound crazy. Niggas should have never let us wrestle. Because we're about to take over <laughs> the game, son. <laughs> no, facts. That's what it is, because before to find a wrestling school, you had to go like 20 miles. You had to go wild far. I remember we had JTG on the podcast, and he's from Brooklyn. He used to take a bus every weekend to Virginia to mm -hmm. get wrestling. I think it was mm -hmm. Virginia. I, I, I could be wrong, but that's how far he had to go for wrestling training. Now, New York City alone, that I know of, has one, two, three, four, maybe five wrestling schools. Yep. So the opportunities are there where, like, yo, there's a wrestling school down my block. I'm going to go try it out. You might not make it, might will, but you have an opportunity now. When we were back in, when we were younger watching um, the Attitude Era, we didn't have the opportunity like that to go to a wrestling school, to True. go get training, because that curtain was so closed. It was yeah. so, it was so closed where like it was stapled against the wall where you couldn't pull it off. And and that's what it is. But we're, we're getting opportunities and we're becoming contenders. Like Hurt Business and New Day were going back and forth with the title. Now you got Amis and AJ about to be, granted it's not completely a black team, but you have Amis. Yeah. Who's gonna compete at WrestleMania against the title with the New Day? Hurt Business, they're doing their thing. Bobby Lashley is, is the champ, and it's also different people of color. Like Roman Reigns is, even though he is um, Samoan and white, Samoans weren't always really up there. They were respected within the community, but they weren't always contenders. The face of the company is a Samoan. The face of the women's division is Sasha Banks. And then we don't even talk. Let's talk about the women. Like, Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks might main event one of the nights of WrestleMania, which needs to happen, point blank. They have to. They have they to. They have to do that. Mm -hmm. have to. You can't play no games on that one. It, that's too much money there. Too much money. And it's too much. There's so much you can do with that. But you're seeing that because they're getting opportunities. And it's shout out to the PC Center. And that's why I talk about AEW again is that now you have two companies, and now they're looking for talent. They're looking for talent. Low-key, you have three companies, because I, I really think NXT is another company, even though it's under the WWE umbrella. So you got three companies looking for talent and searching for talent. So it's so many opportunities, and it's so many wrestling schools now. I can go look, um, do, do these things, because I can be black. Like, I got a school down the block, get my shit up. I'm there. Mm -hmm. it's, it's we are at a different place and i cannot wait 15 20 years down the line where we're really a a major part but the biggest thing that we have to do is get into those executive seats for these companies facts, facts. it's one thing that the wrestlers are moving up on these higher levels and becoming contenders becoming 
champions and all this other fucking great. But on these on these boards or these boardrooms, we and a couple of people of color, like people will say what about WWE. I know for a fact they are actively. I know personally people who work for the company who are who tell me there are getting more and more people of color and women on those executive boards. Nice. Wow. To change things. That's like impressive. Half of the of the talent management, I think it is, is black. That's incredible. That's that's but that's nobody, impressive. Yeah, because nobody talks about it. And I get why, because well, what your past is your past. So people are gonna bring that up. Yeah. And 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 that's why I get a little mad at AEW sometimes. I was like, yo, majority of your, of your EVP is a bunch of white dudes. Mm-hmm. Granted, Kenny, Kenny is um supposedly bisexual, so he, he brings another flavor. He's from Japan, so he understands that. But y'all talked about this revolution. Come on, let's do this. Y'all got the pieces in play. Or did, or did y'all just bring these people on, on board to do a diversity check? Yeah, no, true. You know the funny the funny thing with it is uh you know WWE I was going I was going to ask you when it comes to WWE do you um do you think that they're actually starting to see like hey uh we got all these guys they're they're very talented the Bianca Belairs, the Sasha Banks the uh you know Apollo Cruises we're starting to see like hey these guys are talented or do you think it's just because of everything we've been through since covid happened and everybody got to sit home and see all these bad things that are happening in the world to black people. And they put their posts on that and say, Hey, all right, now this is the time. Everybody, every organization, you look around the NFLs, we got to start doing better things for, for black people. They had Colin Kaepernick on his knee two years ago, telling people we need to do this. <laughs> you know what I mean? The NBA has always been progressive with it. Uh, but it's like everybody's eyes open. So do you think the WWE actually saw these talent and said, Hey, these people are deserving this, or are they just doing this to kind of like cater to us and keep us quiet? Like, which one do you think it is? I always think they 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 have their pulse on the on the on the they have their pulse. It's usually too late sometimes because wrestling moves slower than reality. Yeah, but I I in a percentage wise, I think it's twenty percent. They're like, ah, right, we gotta put some more black faces on there. But I also think when you're good, you're good. Yeah. Because look who's look who's champions, look who's are, who are the, the contenders, and it's also having the right people in place that can get to the other people in place that could put the help bring people up, like MVP, what he did with the Hurt business. Yep. He's more than an on-screen character. He's behind the scenes, whispering in people's ears, like, "Yo, look what you got here." Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, you cannot deny that Bobby Lashley looks and wrestles like a fucking champion. Thanks. And, and people's like, well, he's just pushing him because he's black. But if he didn't walk out the company before, he would have been champion. Because remember his run back in the day? Yeah. They, they, they gave him his run. He was he was doing good. They had him as U.S. The ECW, they had him in that whole thing with Trump and Vince. Exactly. So they've always been high on Bobby's that he left the company because of um, his shorty at the time. Mm-hmm. So, is it because of what else is going on? Of course, that always plays a factor. I'm not going to deny it. I'm not going to be fucking naive about that. Yeah. But 
it's one of those, all right, cool. Give him the ball. Let's see what he does with it. And they fucking run with it because New Day's been popping before the situation happened last year. Let's let's talk. And I think a lot of it, even with companies that have their ways, it's results. New Day delivered. Supposedly the people at USA love or NBC love the Hurt Business. They love what they're doing. So when you, yes, there's racism involved. I'm not going to deny that, but when the talent is there, the talent is there. You can't deny it. It's the only thing that the cream always rises to the top. They yeah. can't deny you. They try to deny Kanye West. Look what Kanye West is doing now. I know we, we're yeah. a rock wrestling podcast. I had to mention some. I had to mention a little bit of rap. <laughs> <laughs> we gonna get there. We gonna get there. <laughs> we definitely gonna get there. Oh man, no, but yeah, de- definitely. I, I totally agree on agree with you with that. And you know, I think for the most part, you know. I think just because WWE is the biggest company, they get the most, uh, they get scrutinized the most out of all the companies when, when situations are going on. Cause like you said, people are still coming at WWE. WWE is giving us the blackest WrestleMania we're about to have. And then they're still, they don't see, they pay attention to the guys like AEW and the things they aren't doing. You know what I mean? It's always all focused on uh, WWE, but then I, I will say, then there's things that they do that, <laughs> baffle me and question me so now we got this amazing black wrestlemania that's coming up and then who else would be the the best host of this wrestlemania they bring in hulk hogan for this i saw you talking about this as well on coffee talk but they they bring in hulk hogan for this like what is the thought process behind this man i really i don't understand it it's tone deaf it's Mm -hmm. It's tone deaf, it's Vince, and I don't want to say shit on Vince, but it's like, he doesn't know any better, and he's just like, yo, this is my fucking company, let's put, let's put him on, because technically speaking, homie's from Tampa, and it's, it's, a, it's nothing but a tone deaf move, and there's nothing mm-hmm. more to that. I don't think there's, there's real malice around it, it's just tone deaf, not, not reading the room. It's literally doing those moves that you're not like reading the room and seeing what's going on in the world. And to be honest, a lot of black fans are supporting it. I've seen it. So it's one of those, uh, I still going to support the the wrestlers that are putting their bodies on the line and trying to put on a show because there's something um, my boy from Barry and Smart said, he posted about this. We get mad when a wrestler's released or is low on the card, whatever, we, we scream and yell about it. But are you buying that that wrestler's merch? Mm-hmm. Are you tweeting about this wrestler all the time and telling them they, they need to get more love? No. So I don't want to stop watching WrestleMania and do like a boycott or something of that nature because that hurts the wrestlers on the card especially those black wrestlers on the card, because if those buys are down, it's, 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 it's a cash 22. Cause if those buys are down, they could be like, Oh, the rest of it was back hard. Mm-hmm. And they might not know that it's because of hope. Yep. If the buys are up, they might be like, Oh, Hogan was the reason why behind it. But if the buys may, they might also see like, yo, this card was stacked with these men and women. We need to be pushing them more. Yep. It's what it's a it's a catch twenty two, but 
I'd rather support these wrestlers, Bianca, Big E, Roman, Sasha, um, who else is on the, that car is still fucking not, 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 not complete yet, but you know what I mean? Like, supporting these people, I love New Day. I'm going to support the shit out of my body and merch. Fucks with them. And one of the main reasons why they're still together because they they have big bad money off merch sales. <laughs> yep. yep, totally agree. Yeah, man, it's it's one of those things. And you know, it's it's so it's so hard, especially as as being someone um, you know, that's in the the wrestling community, I guess you could say. Um, and then every time Hulk Hogan is such a big household name, is that some people don't even know about what happened with him and all the things that came out. So it's like, I was talking to a friend the other day and, you know, she was like, yeah, you know, I grew up in a time where, you know, I watched Hulk Hogan. He's still one of my favorites to this day, but she doesn't know what's going on. And the same thing with my son, we was just in Orlando uh, last week. And then we're at, we're at the, the world's biggest McDonald's right across the street, Hogan's beach shop. My son like, Oh, that's Hogan's beach shop. Oh man, dad, can we go over there and this and that? Because he doesn't understand the situation of mm-hmm. what Hulk Hogan did. So it, it kind of sucks that, you know, he's such a big name that even though he did these bad things, it's like some people don't even know about it and they still see him in that light. And, you know, when it comes to Vince, when you're like, he's saying, like he, he's being tone deaf, here's one of those things where I, I feel like it's like he's doing this and then he's like, you know what? I know what's going on. And then I'm gonna make Titus O'Neil be his partner on top of it to, I to blend this in. You know, it's it's like weird too, because like, yeah, we're gonna put Titus O'Neil, who people love, and we're gonna partner up with Hulk Hogan. We're trying to get him that love back from black wrestling fans. So and this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna put this out there and hopefully it all works out how I want it to work out. But one thing I love about the fans though, their wrestling fans are the worst, but they're the greatest too. They ain't gonna hide. He low-key might get booed. The, the pop won't be there. Yeah. Um, And I had said on the coffee talk, I was like, his legacy will always be there, right? Mm-hmm. Because we, we can't deny the fact that he's one of the main reasons why wrestling became became somewhat of a household name. He did a lot for the, for the business. But more fans don't connect with him anymore. Yeah, facts. It's more Stone Cold Rock, Stone Cold Rock, Stone Cold Rock, Stone Cold Rock. And it's, it's, it's not, it, the luster is not, as, is not as there as it used to be, especially with the whole situation that, that he did. And a lot of people don't know about it. I remember my homegirl saw my coffee talk thing because I shared it to my, my um, personal page. And she was like, oh, my God, why aren't more people talking about it? I was like, more people don't know about this. Wrestling yep. is, is like... Vince McMahon's a fucking G because he's put wrestling into this bubble where it's low-key this secret society. <laughs> but but like we all know it's there, but we just don't like go there. It's like, oh that, that's oh that's oh that's wrestling over there? Okay, I'm just gonna drive by. Uh-huh. Like, you have to go in to know what's going on. Yeah. Like it, 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 unless you go inside, you know what's going on. And that's the biggest thing because if the whole situation was more mainstream, this wouldn't have happened. Facts. No, definitely. Definitely. Now, I'll ask you, because this kind of makes me think about, you know, like other situations too. So, you know, like for the longest, they wanted to put China into the Hall of Fame. And I remember reading somewhere 
um, something about, you know, Triple H, like, oh, uh, we put her in the Hall of Fame, and then somebody Googles her and see all these things that she's been doing. Uh, I feel like it's kind of like the same thing, like with somebody like a Hulk Hogan. Where's the point where we should stop looking at things that happen in these people's personal lives and start just looking at what they've contributed in the square circle? It, it's... I don't think you can compare the two, in my opinion, but I understand what you're saying. It's kind of like a musician, right? Mm -hmm. What they do in their personal life, do you still fucking listen to their music? Maybe. Like, I don't listen to R. Kelly anymore because of I, 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 I used to be a teacher, so I can't do that. But mm -hmm. some people say that they can, they can, you know, separate the two, the artist from the person. It depends on it depends on who the person is, but for me, China was. How many of these wrestlers that's in the Hall of Fame were did a shit ton of drugs, mm -hmm. did fucking sex with prostitutes, all this other shit? You can legit Google the shit too. You can legit get shoot interviews that people talk about Shawn Michaels, and and I yeah. love Shawn Michaels. Shawn was one of my favorite wrestlers <laughs> of all time. Before the before he got before he got saved and after he got saved, so I'm not knocking him, but it's like there's plenty of wrestlers that you can. It's just one of those. It's who you are. Hogan's legacy is a lot more powerful than China, even though China legit broke some barriers, did amazing things for the business when it came to women's wrestling. But it, it's what 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 Triple H is saying. It, 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 it's a cop out because Hogan's legacy is just a lot bigger. That's why. Definitely. Yeah, I could definitely, definitely could see that. Hogan's on Jordan rules. Yeah, facts. Yeah, totally. I totally agree with you on that. And you know, for, for me, it's, it's so, it, it was so heartbreaking because me, I'm a huge NWO fan. Like anybody will tell you like, yo, I'm, I'm NWO for, for life. Like, just like they said, for life <laughs> that, that's me i love it um and you know it, it like hurts it's like i got on my wall over here i got a freaking nwo shirt signed hulk hogan signed kevin nash scott hall now that that to me that that took like a big piece of my childhood away from me and it's oh, like it's a, huge, it's a huge thing for all of us like uh -huh. i was a huge hogan fan. I, had, I, I dressed up as hogan twice for, for like one of my viewing parties, Hollywood Hogan and regularly red and yellow Hogan. I've, I've, I used to watch Thunder in Paradise. Yep. yep. <laughs> because Hogan was on there. Like, mm -hmm. I, I, like we're all in the same boat. Like, really? And uh, people try to defend it. And I just, you said what you said. And he never really apologized. That's my biggest thing. Like, listen. Ignorance is bliss. You grew up in a fucked up neighborhood or whatever. You learned the racism shit. Well, yeah, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. But when it came down to it, when it was your time to man up and say like, yo, I fucked up. I'm sorry. And to change my rhetoric, my thinking, all of this shit, you didn't. You basically mm -hmm. apologized for getting caught. Yep. And that's the reason why I can't forgive homeboy. Facts. So do you can can we can we forgive things like this when it comes to like or should I say I'll rephrase it? Do you think like once they they get caught and they say, "Hey, I'm sorry for these things," does that change the person? And do 
can they actually change from that mind process of what they, you know, what they had and what they thought? Do you think that's possible? I think it's definitely possible because racism is taught. Yeah. We don't wake up, we don't come out the womb and be like, I just I hate this race. No, <laughs> no, if you don't. You are, you, you are, it's programmed or into your mind by parents, the people around you. So you start learning that and you hold on to it for, for years later on. And do I believe people can change? Yes. They start learning about like, no, this is not it. This is not it. People don't, they're not, and they're not the same. That, that Get that out your head. You got, it's one of those things you got to take their word for it. They mm -hmm. may not change, but they may, but then they may genuinely change because they are understanding the understanding. I started seeing the world for what it really is, not this black and white bullshit, which, which is, you know what I mean? And then it, it, it it's, but with him, there's never a real apology. Like no, every, all the wrestlers that spoke backstage about the, from, from the rumors I read, they were like, nigga didn't apologize. <laughs> mm -hmm. he, he, he just said, I'm, I'm, hey, watch your back when people are watching you. Be careful, what? Yeah, yeah. That's like, hey, sorry, I gotta, and I, I always hate that people use that as an excuse, like, especially people who aren't black, they use that as an excuse. Yo, I got mad, so I called somebody a nigga. Like, yo, nah, but I didn't mean, it. it's only because I got mad. You know, that, that's the only reason I use the word. It's like, but you shouldn't be using it at all, period. It's like, what do you mean? <laughs> so. And the reason why you said it was because you were trying to insult the person and trying to hurt the person. Mm -hmm. So you knew the malice behind it. So that means a little part of you is, is racist. <laughs> yeah, facts, facts. But, you know, it is what it is. Enough, enough yeah. Hogan talk. Um, you know, let's talk about, for, for you, um, you know, wanting to get in the ring and, you know, taking, you know, the training seriously. Like, uh, what was the thought process behind it? And when, when did you decide, like, hey, I'm really going to, like, go after this and I want to be in the ring? Um, I always wanted to do it. But once again, I didn't know where to go. And, and a part of me was a little scared. I remember it, it, it's, for me, I have so much going on. I got to find things that work with the lifestyle that I live. So I remember one time my boy, Marcus Marquis, came, he's like, yo, I'm thinking about wrestling. And I was like, ah, I got too many injuries. I don't, I'm good. But it was still in the back of my head I wanted to do it. And he was going to Staten Island yeah. to, to wrestle. And my ass is King MTA and, and Long Island Railroad. So I was thinking, if I go to Staten Island, that's going to be like, it's like a two, three hour ride. I already get off late. Get, I gotta get off and go over there. Like, nah, it's not gonna work. I love, mm -hmm. I love, I don't love it that much that it's gonna like be that out of out of the way. Cause Staten Island in New York is like, Staten Island's not even connected to it. It's a separate island away off from from the rest of New York City. <laughs> yep. So it's you have to take a boat to get there. So yes. no, I wasn't doing that. So then, it was always in the back of my head. They started wrestling. And Marcus Marquis said, "Oh, my dad was really good." They're part. They're two. They're two thirds of um, a group called um, Prolific, mm -hmm. and um, they're fucking amazing. So I I started going to indie shows, and Hog H O G, aka House of Glory, 
they were, I was going to their shows because their shows was right by my crib. So I'm going to their shows and, I, and then I see on their Instagram, they have an open house. They never have an open house. Yeah. I was like, no, this is, this is everything. And this is when we first started doing Jabba Tears podcast, probably like 20, 30 episodes in-ish, whatever. And I remember I was like, if I'm going to do this podcast, I really, it's really going to help me understand the wrestling on another level. Mm -hmm. Understanding what these men and women go through on a daily basis may not be as on their level, like, you know, WWE, AEW, even the impact of like all those people not on their level, but like, I'm going to understand why a match is the way it is. And I'm such a hands-on person. So I was like, yo, this is a way for me to better understand and also be better at podcasting about wrestling. And I just want, and, and I, and then maybe one day I'll end up in the E or maybe I can just be a, a consistent player in the independency. Yeah. So why not jump into it? It was basically like a why not situation. And I did, I went to the open house. They fucking tried to kill it. They did NXT style where it's like, AK and they also did like dojo style shit, but it was just like trying to kill you to see if you're gonna stay there. And I ended up staying, you know, I started my schedule so crazy that the, my first year was a little up and down, but I was there a lot. My um my coach is amazing red. Oh nice. So, yeah, nice. So, yeah, so I'm blessed that to have him as, as my coach. And we we like once again, like just last year, Master P bought our school. Mm-hmm. But he was involved in that. But then, you know, COVID happened and, and we had to slow down and shit. But it, it, it's it's been a blessing and it's something that I wanted to do, but I'm so happy that I get to do it. Like, and get a real insight of the business from the, from the wrestler's point of view, which is why I was so offended. Low-key, uh, uh, no, not low-key. I fucking screamed him. I told, I told him, fuck you, with the bow-wow situation. Yeah, yeah. Because if this is something you really want to do, go come on in. But if it's something that you're using for clout, trying to make some quick cash, low key fuck you. You know what I mean? Because people break their necks, lose their lives. Like fucking draws can't walk right now. Mm -hmm. Kevin Nash has had multiple surgeries on his hips and knees. Like, because of the business, like it, it, it's it's rough because these people put their lives on it, and you know everybody gets their their way in, and it's perfectly fine. But you gotta appreciate it. You gotta, you gotta show a little bit of more respect that you what you're showing it to. It's not just a um a way to make money. Yeah, no, definitely, I definitely feel you on that. That's what I said. I was, I was, if I don't get you on Bow Wow WrestleMania, I was gonna riot this year, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I. That's what I wanted this year. I was like, yeah, hey, if I don't get it, I'm gonna be upset. Yeah, <laughs> but it's all good. Um, so you know one thing that I like about you. You know one of the things that made me like you even more was that I'm one of the few people, and you're one of the few people that I know of that absolutely loves Nia Jax. And I try to, I tell people all the time, Naya's right, man. They be hating because she's a big girl. I'm like, Naya's right. Y'all hating? She mad pretty, man. Bro, I got this. I got the, the toy here. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a picture done 
my ex got me a signed picture of, for her. And I got oh, this other yeah. picture here. I'm a legit fan. You know what's crazy? I had seen, I was, I don't usually watch Total Divas, but I watched Total Divas with her on it. And she was coming off so mean. I was like, I don't want to ruin my perception of her. So I'm going to stop <laughs> watching this shit. <laughs> oh, man. Nah, you can't. You know, that, that reality TV is is everything but real, man. So you can't. You're right. But I just like, I was like, I don't want this taste in my mouth of, of her being this mean person. So you know what? Let me stop watching this. I'll I'll enjoy her from, I think she's stunningly gorgeous. Like, I, I <laughs> I, I remember agree with you. there was a time she was reposting our stuff every time we mentioned her. I was like, yo, you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, totally, I totally agree with you, man. She, she, I think she's, she's a very beautiful girl. If you look at her stuff, she used to be able to be a model. She used to be a, yeah. like, I'm like, yo, y'all people sleeping, bro. Y'all sleeping. But it is what it is. You know, we can't wake up everybody. Um, <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, you know, being in New York, Hip-hop is a, is a huge thing. Um, what, are, what are some of the hip-hop artists you're listening to, uh, some of your favorites, and, you know, when it comes to you, who do you think is the, the greatest rapper in New York? There's always that debate about who the um, greatest is for you. Who is Right it? now, I don't know if you've heard of him. Some people have, some people have. You probably have. I'm fucking Griselda hard. Yeah. yeah. Um, this new Benny the Butcher uh, project he just released. Yep. Boy, I've been this has been on repeat, especially the last the last two songs, Survivor's Remorse and Thanksgiving. My God, mm -hmm. I love this. I love this project. I love Benny so much. Yeah, um, he's amazing. But I think Griselda right now is killing it in New York. Nerd doesn't have what it used to have when it came to the hip hop scene like that, because you know hip hop is so global now. So it's not just New York. Because at the time, you know, back in the day. All the labels were in New York. Yeah, facts. So you had to come to New York to like, you know, do your thing. But Griselda is 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 holding it down for New York hip hop because they're from Buffalo, but they're holding it down right now for New York hip hop. I right now, what's on rotation right now? I listen to a lot of the weekend. I'm a huge weekend fan. Um, but hip hop wise, people but deny this, and it's funny because he talked about this in his one of in his first mixtape, one of the second mixtape. So far, so gone. But Drake is Drake's the man, son. And, and we be fronting on him hard. And, and you know, the ghostwriting situation, I get, I understand that. But homies miss the consistent. Facts. Facts. <laughs> Dude, I, I tell people this all the time. Like, they talk about Drake is the greatest artist of all time. Greatest artist of all time. I don't care if you're talking about pop, rap, Spanish music. R&B, whatever you want to talk about, I don't care. Drake is the greatest artist of all time. That's why he can't even participate in these versus battles or whatever they're doing, because he would kill anybody. Every song he makes is a hit. Bro, um, his new, his new, his, like, the three-pack he released called Scary Hour. Yeah, yep. The shit, all three songs were consecutively debuted at one, two, two and three and on three. the Billboard yep. chart. <laughs> yep. What? Yep, yep. Who else does that? Nobody does that. The only person he can do a versus with is Jay. I love Jay-Z. Me and Janelle love Jay-Z. I think it's the New York shit in us. Um, it, I think that's the only person he could probably go up against. But, son, homie got bangers. 
And his side and his B side stuff is like, oh my God. Like, I remember when I listened to um what's this, what's the album called? Uh, the album where he was he used he had the on the cover it was the um he was in Toronto. Not the uh, views. Yes, views. Mm-hmm. First time I heard views, I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. But keep it a buck. It was like I was like, okay, this is okay. I went back to listen to it about three months ago. I was like, I'm a fucking moron. <laughs> this is some good shit. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, and like, he he said it. He said it. And he he's he's so intelligent with his music, and he said it like. Y'all not gonna appreciate this shit until later. Yeah. And he and he, he was right about me, especially because I didn't fully appreciate it until later. And it's a couple of his albums where only the only album that I liked off the rip was Take Care. Yeah. That was, and that's because the weekend was a little bit involved in that one. But his first album to this day, I think, is horrible. Like it has a couple of bangers on it, but I could, when I listened to it the first time, I was like, this shit is fucking rushed. Yeah. You had to put this out because you were so fucking hot at the time. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Fine. Because I know you, you're just that talented. Because I knew he was talented off the rip. Because I remember listening to that so far. Funny thing, I was last of my friends to get put on to Drake. Uh-huh. I met one of my boys raps, and he kind of, his, his cadence is kind of like Drake's. So we're on the way to a nightclub and he's playing um so far so going on mixtape in the crit in the car. And I was like, was this Andre? And I was like, no, this is Drake. I was like, who? It was like Drake. I was like, yo, this shit is amazing. What mm-hmm. is this? Mm-hmm. Next day I get home to the crib. I downloaded that, whatever this shit I had, a CD, whatever we had. I played that shit so much. Cause it's <laughs> the one thing about Drake, he gets this feel. You feel something when you listen, like the way that him and Forty put the tracks together and like does certain things with the with everything. It's like this science shit that he does. Like I be feeling like a baller, like I got mad bread, and I'm a millionaire with some of the tracks he's listening to. That mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm gonna stop being get off get off Drake's dick. Pause, but dude, dude got it. <laughs> nah, he do. He te- you know the thing with him too is that it's like it's real shit. It's just it's it's how you feel. There's moments you you got the gangster feel, just like you said. You felt like a millionaire. Then there's times where it's like, damn, that girl broke your heart. And then sometimes you got all these relationship issues. It's a whole bunch of stuff. He taps into everything. And, and some of his features, like this one song, I think it's with Young Blue. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a verse on there. I think you know. Um, is it Young Blue? Fuck my phone. Um, it's um, you're still mine. It, it's played all over, and he has that. She has that line where she gave me the hug. I forgot the line, but it's like the verse itself is the realest shit I've ever heard on, in a while for this year, basically. Oh, the the song that the song that just came out. Uh, is it the? I think I know what you're talking about. It was like something like he was with the girl in the club, and she hugged somebody else. Yes, the yes. way he. The way he would have hugged the girl that he used to fuck, but he didn't want her man to know. Yeah, yeah. That, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. That verse, when I first heard, I was like, I've been on both sides of that. 
That's crazy. Both sides of what he's talking about. Uh huh. Yep. And, and then he has a line, another line, and it's not for verbatim, where he's like, "If my friends knew what I do for you, yeah, they'd be like, they'd be basically call me crazy. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, yeah. type of shit. and I was like, I've been there. I've, 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 <laughs> I've been there. And that's uh-huh. the, that's the, that's the beauty of it. I fuck with Griselda so heavy because I always feel like I'm selling coke. I listen to this shit. I always feel like I'm selling coke. Like, like, oh. <laughs> like I was like, yo, I'm here with you, y'all. Like, mm-hmm. let me bag this up with y'all and, and make this money, son. Facts. Hip hop, hip hop is a is a great thing, man. There's and then when it comes to, you know, wrestling, I'm I'm so happy to see these um. Like these these intertwining between the two that's been going on lately, you know, with Bad Bunny and things with Cardi B, even the the, the BS that you talked about with Bow Wow and the BS with Soldier Boy and Randy Orton and stuff like that. It's like I'm happy to see the worlds coming together because they they there's a lot of connection between the two of them. Of course, because they because they they're all it's entertainment. It's all this. At the end of the day, when when my coach talks about your gimmick and like who you're going to be as a character, it's usually who you are times 50. Mm-hmm. It's this pageantry in wrestling and hip hop's the same way. Like you get a rapper, some may not really have lived that life, yeah. but they put on this character of like that they, they did this thing. You know what I mean? And then, and then they have the gold chains, they have the cars, it's the pageantry, the, like the whole performance of everything. Like, you know, you, you know, it's, it's, it's that. Some people really live that life and you know they did, like DMX. Yep, <laughs> yep. Definitely, D- DMX, the locks, I know, I know them dudes. You don't mess with them dudes, they all, they all legit. Um, I'll close out with this. Uh, what are some of your besides we know you do the personal training but uh hobbies or talents that you have outside of wrestling that fans wouldn't know that you do i write scripts really oh man like i just finished writing uh with my partner um uh a television script i'm really into that and that's something i thoroughly enjoyed that 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 different type of storytelling uh, yeah so that's something that most people don't know damn that's that's pretty interesting all right so we're gonna be on the lookout so we got <laughs> we got the podcast we got jobber tears network we're about to have jobber tears entertainment coming soon <laughs> <laughs> i'll see what you're doing there i'll see what you're doing it's all good listen, listen, ain't but, nobody, uh, they're not gonna hand it to you you kind of gotta take it you gotta go get it facts facts but uh Sir Wilkins, man, yo, I just want to thank you for taking this time out. I'm pretty sure we could keep going on for hours and hours. Yeah. Uh, but definitely, I really appreciate you you coming on and, you know, taking this time to join me here on Rap and Wrestle. Thank you for having me, man. I really, I really I follow a lot of your stuff, and I enjoy what, you, what you're doing in the, um, in the community. And it's like, I thank you so much for having me, man. I really, it's, it's, I really, really appreciate it. Definitely, man. Definitely. Uh, and if fans, if they want to follow you, if they want to connect with you guys, Jobber Tears Network, uh, how would they do that? So I'm um, all um, me. My personal stuff is all over social media. 
It's the same thing as SIR underscore Wilkins, which is W I L K I N S. And the Jobberteers is Jobberteers, J O B B E R T E A R S, on all social medias. We're, we're everywhere. We're trying to build, trying to build and get bigger and bigger within this, this community we call wrestling. Facts, facts. Definitely. You guys make sure you check them out. A lot of great content. Like I said, definitely. Uh, leading the way for all of us other black podcasters, whether they know it or not. That's yeah. what you guys are doing. But um, for this episode, this is Rap and Wrestle. You can also check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Rap and Wrestle. Make sure you subscribe and check out all of our episodes on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify as well, anywhere you get all your streaming at. And for this episode, it's Derek, it's Sir Wilkins of the Jobber Tears, and we are out. Mm-hmm.